Hey, Benedict. Hey, Daniel. How's it going? We took two weeks off. Yeah. We kind of did the same thing for a few weeks. <laughs> and we were kind of like... It was part of it, yeah. There's this thing that we've been realizing is some weeks we don't have like a big topic or thing on our mind and we're thinking about things, but it's not like, oh, this is the one and we have really clarified thoughts on it. And the other thing is a lot of them are also evolutions of previous ideas, but with how short the format is, we, or at least I feel like to get to that, we would have to reintroduce it, which would then be talking about a thing that we've talked about before. And then we'd kind of hit the time limit before we actually got to the new thought. And so <laughs> I think there's definitely some drawbacks to the shortness. It's definitely a thing that we'll have to figure out. Maybe we just stop paying so close attention to the time or occasionally allow ourselves to go longer for the right topic. So related to that, there's a lot of things we've talked about or things we've considered before that are now just different because we have employees like working in bets. Sorry, I was like, I don't, I thought we were starting with the other one first, but. I know, but I kind of, it led into it well enough. It worked well (laughs) until I ruined it. No, we're fine. Um, We're going to keep this in. Yeah. Yeah. Like working in bets. And I think that was something we've talked about a bunch before we've written about it before and i think quick reintroduction is probably good yeah so the rough idea being whenever you want to do something you present it as a bet and it has clear parameters where there's a success parameter or a failure parameter or i guess not parameter but outcome and then you establish a timeline for that bet and then you do whatever you're going to do and you see you know was that bet successful or not successful but did that bet turn out to be true was was your hypothesis validated or kind of was it false and you can then reevaluate and it sort of takes away some of that success failure uh, notion where really the success is running the process and learning and doing things basically and that's something that we used a lot when it was just us and it was very early and we had extremely constrained resources. And also, honestly, a lot of it was that uncertainty was so much higher where we really had to stop ourselves from going down paths that were suboptimal or local maxima, I guess maybe another way to put it, or just, yeah, something where you go down this path and you stop early enough from can kind of evaluate like is this the path that we want to go down and i think it's been interesting because we've kind of shifted a little bit where what we're building will change and the long-term roadmap and the big vision and all those things will shift in certain ways but there are parts that are more solid now and i think with that solidity comes a feeling of sureness a little bit it's much less the feeling that we had when we were very early on, which was, does anyone want this? Is this the right customer? All of that very core foundational stuff, a lot of that is a lot more solid now. And so it's much easier to think that we know exactly what we're doing. And that then leads to us doing things based on that understanding that we think we have. And so it's something that we've both noticed where it's just been something that we've done less. We've talked less explicitly in bets in large part because a lot of the things that we're doing now are things that we've wanted to do for months, if not a year plus. There's a change there and I think it's worth digging into or pulling apart a little bit. Yeah. And I think, I mean, we've tried to introduce the bets concept and have somewhat successfully to the new team members, but what we've realized is it's very difficult. Like the bets framework seems to work really well when you can focus 80, 90, 100% of your energy on that bet. 
you have very little else to do other than proving or disproving that that thing will work. And this gets into our other topic, which is making sure everybody has the one thing they need to focus on. But, you know, the thing that's challenging is when we're doing a sales thing or marketing effort or whatever, it's, there rarely is just one thing. There's kind of a few that we're all testing and chipping away at, at the same time. The thing that we're maybe going to realize is that that might be the wrong way of doing things. But right now there's just more stuff to do. And so we're having to do more things at the same time and they take longer to do or they need a, they need more time to see if they work. And that's what I was going to say is not only do they take more time, but they also take longer to prove out. I was thinking the other day, how would we frame Salesforce, building a Salesforce integration as a bet? And it's such a big project over such a big timeline. And in talking to Salesforce admins at companies, it's just an intensive process to hook up a Salesforce instance to a third-party piece of software. To be fair, we didn't build the MVP of Arrows as a bet, but we did gate building it on getting pre-orders. So if we had done anything to get bets for Salesforce, it would have been, you know, getting paid pre-orders for it. But, you know, I think we knew that there was enough demand that we didn't have a concern there. But it wouldn't have been a horrible idea to try that. It still would have made things weird, I guess, like because we wouldn't have been as open. Like we couldn't have discovered what we should build. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I, th I think there's also something, I don't know, there's something weird about that. I think a lot of what we've done is worked hard to make Arrows feel solid and like a long-term bet. And that's something that companies can bet on and we will be there and we will grow with them. And doing that sort of, maybe this is wrong, but to me, doing that sort of pre-order, down payment, whatever, however you want to phrase it for Salesforce integration feels almost in the opposite direction where it comes from a place of, I don't know, I, I, confidence is the wrong word, but kind of confidence where it's like, you know, oh, we're so not confident that this is a thing that people want that we're asking you to pay up front. And it kind of is like, well, what do you mean? I think the difference is you're you're deciding whether or not to prioritize it. You know, there are larger customers or companies you've talked to who might be larger customers who would probably pay money for certain features, you know, and it's, it's equivalent to that. But then it's not an unheard of thing where companies do charge for stuff like to be developed. Totally. But I think it's also that or my impression of that stuff is that it's often a little more specific rather than. I think for a lot of people looking at a sort of product like this, it's like Salesforce is kind of the most obvious and the most like, oh, you don't have this thing possible where it's not like, oh, we're doing this, like you use this weird CRM, you know, it's not like that kind of thing. It's like, oh, we understand that this is a niche thing. It's like, oh no, this is like the most obvious baseline CRM integration that you could have. I think the better example of this is for this specific purposes, you could have built or we could have built a two week Salesforce integration not a great one, but we could have built something and then said, okay, well, if we get this many people, we'll promote it to existing customers. If we get three people to turn it on, we'll build it more. And this is a common thing I think we recognize now is there aren't a lot of things. There are some features that we can build in a few days or a week or two, but there's a lot of the fundamental things that are missing in arrows are just bigger and need more time. And you can't, building the one or two week version of it does not solve the problem for anything. And it actually, it like maybe looks bad on us to launch that. 
Right. And not only that, it's not only our resources, it's also an ask for the resources of our customers, where if someone that we're selling arrows to within an organization is trying to pull their very busy Salesforce admin in to establish permissions and all of this other stuff, that feels like it's kind of a heavy ask to a certain degree and to, you know, do it in a way that like feels like, oh, we're just going to have to keep bugging this Salesforce admin and they're going to hate us because we keep making changes and it's a half-baked thing and, you know, it's constantly changing. It's tough. Exactly. I mean, I think that's just generally back to your point. We have a fairly strong understanding of what people use arrows for, what they want from arrows and where we need to take it. A lot of it now is... Which is also why, you know, back to why we didn't really record much last two weeks. There weren't really a lot of new things being discovered or learned. It's just us deciding and figuring out how we do things and building out the product, just kind of chipping away at things. It's very interesting right now. There's the most unknowns we have are on the marketing and sales side. Like how do we actually unlock those to be the scale and growth rate that we want? But the biggest problem, the biggest thing holding us back is the product. It's kind of funny how that is like. Yeah, that's a good way to phrase it, because I think we've talked past each other a little bit in the past on this, and I think that's kind of the exact phrasing where it's like, they're both problems, but one is unknown and one is a bigger problem. Yeah, one's unsolved and bigger, and I, at this point in time, need to be involved in it. So that's why I'm putting my time, like, probably 80 or 90% into product stuff right now. And then the other one is a big unknown, but we're we're okay with it moving a little bit slower because we are testing things and trying things there, but we really just need to get the product at a point where we actually know where we're at on the other side. So the other thing that we've been talking about a little bit is that topic of what's the one big thing, you know, what's like everybody's big focus. If we said, I only want to talk about one topic with you for ourselves or any individual employee, it's like, what is the thing that they are doing that is the most important thing that unlocks the, the largest number of things for Arrows as a company. And um, it's interesting because it's it's both a good framework, but also hard for some you know employees like developers and the designer. Like, what is that thing for them? It's a little bit hard at times. I don't know if you've thought about that for yourself. Yeah, I have. And it's, it's, it's tough because the most accurate thing is kind of the vaguest. And the more specific you get, the more actionable it is. But the less right it feels where, you know, at the highest level, if you think about the product team, it's like, okay, the product team needs to build the features in the product such that arrows gets to product market fit for lack of a better term and solves this problem in a fantastic way for customers. And that's so high level that it doesn't really help you make decisions as much because I think the thing where we're thinking about this stuff is valuable is when it helps boil things down or helps determine a decision. And I think that high-level goal is just hard to look at a certain task and measure it against that and feel like it cuts out a lot of stuff. But the other side, it's also if you get so specific where one thing that you could say is, okay, getting a really good Salesforce integration and laying the groundwork for an integration system in the product is the most important thing for the product right now. That's true to a certain degree, but it also leaves out a bunch of other stuff that also just needs to happen. You know, like we need to fix bugs if there are bugs. Like we need to... Well, within reason, right? There are bugs. That, like, I think one thing that's funny, I've thought about this a little bit. We fix bugs pretty quickly 
I mean, there are bugs that kind of exist in arrows, but like there are bugs that we have a number of bugs that we fix, fix fairly quickly. And I'm like, I don't know if we really needed to do that. It's good to do it, but yeah, we definitely don't need to. Yeah. Right. Definitely. And it's useful in that line, but it's like that line also, I don't know. It feels like it was there already before. Like, I feel like you can have that thought without thinking about like the one thing. So I don't know. It's something that I want. But the other side of that is there's all the stuff that existing customers want. And some of them want Salesforce, but it's not really the Mm -hmm. thing that they really are clamoring for. There's other stuff that they are like, well, the ergonomics or how I deliver this to the customer and certain design things or certain reports and we are realizing that, well, there's a lot of things we need to build and the order of them actually affect each other. And in some ways we want to build things in the right order and some things we need to prioritize the highest impact ones. And some of that is just a little blurry and we're going to do our best guess. So integrations help unlock, you know, some more data from other systems. They also help unlock the ability to have a Salesforce integration. Both of those are useful features that people really care about. Then they unlock, you know, other things which unlock reports. Well, we could do reporting off of the data that's in arrows now, but would it be that useful or would it be baseline? You know, what is the amount that we need to do? And I think, you know, in some ways we're making it harder for ourselves, but we're trying to make sure we go a little bit slower. It's okay to go a little bit slower now. So that way we have the most complete feeling product in the next few months, you know, early next year sometime. And I think it's just where we're in an interesting stage where we're going through a transition of arrows of what it was when just you and I built it to arrows as the company that we raised money to be. We are in a transition and, you know, at times I think we we forget that that's why these things are a little murky. We're, we're almost like refounding the company. I mean, it's it's funny you say the framing of your big thing. My big thing that I think about is getting a lot of the what is arrows and what are we going to become and the product vision sort of stuff, company vision sort of stuff, out of my head, like you and I have talked about so many times, but not just out of my head, but into a format that other people can understand and digest and actually take ownership over and maybe have to redo that in multiple ways. And sometimes it's written, sometimes it's video, or it's calls that we record and have to do in different formats. But that is the biggest thing that would make everything easier but at the same time, I still have to be the person a lot of the time helping shape features. And then there's all the administrative stuff like getting stock option, you know, like equity grants stuff approved and emailing the lawyers. And we have some tax we have to send to Washington state that I didn't realize. And they're telling us and it's like, well, shit, this, I think this has to happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I should ignore this, but like, when do I do that <laughs> when there's this yeah. big other thing? Right. Yeah. So that's kind of the, I don't know, how do we, how do we add a conclusion to that, I guess? <laughs> I think that's also partially the thing is that we don't have a conclusion on it. And I think it's something where I think we, it's easier to record an episode where we are like, oh yeah, we figured out this thing or we had this crystallized thought. And I think that's kind of just where we're at a little bit is like, yeah, there's stuff to figure out and that's just where we're at. Yeah, and I think that's what I like about the open-ended topics of like, these are on our mind and this is how we're thinking about it, but we don't really know. Is you realize that a lot of these topics and things are an evolution over time and even something that we thought was so clear and easily understandable, like working in bets or one big thing when you're just two people is much harder and much more challenging when there's seven people and it will change again when there's 10 people. And and yeah, there's a lot to, to unpack and figure out. Yeah. Cool. Let's leave her for there. Yeah.
see you next week or so, actually whenever we'll see you whenever yeah hopefully next week but <laughs> hopefully next week yeah we'd like to keep the weekly thing but it's hard when we don't know what to dive into if there's not a clear topic or something yeah. where we have something to say so we're, yeah. we're playing with that like is there a way like this episode where we can think out loud a little bit more yeah exactly yeah well see you when we see you see you when you see you see you, see you when you hear us no <laughs> bye bye